is the 68th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze this past week. It was over 20 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get right into the headline. This one's long. Fox News. Obama had an opinion. Kurt Schilling incited violence. Biden's bribes and Trantifa, a condensed overview of 20 hours of Fox News for the week ending June 18th, 2023. Here we go. Enter Barack Obama. Obama can't help himself. Doesn't Obama think Joe is a good president? Obama used the CNN interview to attack Republicans. President Obama, President Obama, embrace it. Obama wants all minorities to believe that. President Obama believes America's a terrible, racist country. President Obama speak, it's hard to believe he was actually ever president. Barack Obama, when he took office, President Obama actually did the exact opposite. During Obama's last year in office, President Obama, this is a poll. Obama historically bad on the issue of race. Everything Obama says about race now is far different. Senator Obama. Barack Obama sang a different tune. President Obama, when he was Senator Obama, President Obama changed, seemed to change his mind about race relations in America. President Obama could not achieve even with eight years in office. I admit I purposely put kind of a silly edit together at the beginning because I thought it was funny how many times Brian Kilmeade used Barack Obama's name in a seven and a half minute monologue. It actually takes a little bit of effort to get it in 21 times, but he did. I didn't get all of them, but that was, there was 21 times that he said Barack Obama in seven and a half minutes. Now, why on earth would Brian Kilmeade talk about Barack Obama? Well, Barack Obama did a podcast appearance on a show called The Axe Files with David Axelrod. And that turned into several segments dedicated to everything Barack Obama said was dissected and, and you know taken apart by numerous people on Fox News. On more than one uh, show, more than one segment. It was, it was madness. And my favorite was the Brian Kilmeade monologue because it was so ridiculous. And he basically, Kilmeade broke it down to say that uh, the reason why we had racial problems in the United States was due to Barack Obama. And like so many times on Fox, he was hanging on a poll. Well, this poll showed this before Barack Obama was president. And then this poll showed this other result after Barack Obama was president. Therefore, Barack Obama caused the United States to become racist because he focused on race. Um, you know, never mind that there were memes that depicted Barack Obama as an ape or a monkey all over the internet while uh, he was president. Never mind that our, you know, former president Donald J. Trump, when he was a private citizen, was one of many, as, as well as people on Fox News, that promoted a birther theory that Obama wasn't even born in the United States. And it was a huge cover up. And all the hideous things people said about Obama that had nothing to do with his administration or his policies or anything else. So that was interesting. And this is obviously a huge a distraction from the criminal arraignment of Donald J. Trump. You'd think they would sit down, you know, in a perfect world, they'd sit down with the actual indictment and, you know, go over it or go over the actual criminal charges against the former president, Donald J. Trump. But of course they don't do that because they don't want to draw any more attention to it. They complained about the media, how the other media covered the arraignment. It wasn't good enough for them. And they brought up Barack Obama and they brought up Hillary Clinton and they brought up 
Bill Clinton's sock drawer. Another thing they brought up about Obama, which was just humorous, because it's like, do you expect people to have complete amnesia or do your, is your entire audience maybe 20 years old? I'm not sure who's buying this. Um, but they tried to compare black unemployment, for instance, during the Obama administration and the Trump administration and say, well, see, there you go. Barack Obama didn't help black Americans because unemployment was higher. And I'm like, yeah. And, and Barack Obama became president during a destroyed economy and the Great Recession and a global financial crisis, which Trump did not have to deal with. Trump inherited a very healthy economy, but we're going to leave that out. Oh, and by the way, because Fox gets this one all wrong all the time, black unemployment is lower now under President Biden than it was under Trump. Trump hit a record, but Biden beat that record. But they, they always forget that. They were like, what, what? And when people have called them on it, they literally act shocked. And I'm like, how many times does somebody have to tell you this? So before I get into the next clip, which is a bit of a doozy, um, it was kind of the clip of the week. Um, I just want to explain really quickly. I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, the Townite Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism. And as I say every week, I'm a graduate of their program, not a student. And the funding is also provided by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. The newsletter is a written version of this podcast, which you can check out at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. If you'd like to become a sponsor, you can do so at uh, my Patreon for Decoding Fox News or my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. It's $5 a month. You don't have to. The other thing that you can do if you want to support this project is just share it, share links to it, share it to your friends, tell your friends. So this next one is sort of the clip of the week. Um, Kurt Schilling is a retired Major League Baseball player. He's kind of a notorious character. To just give you a little bit of brief uh, context, this was on Jesse Waters' primetime. They were talking about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, who were given an award at Dodger Stadium and a bunch of people protested it and freaked out. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is a charity that's been around for over 40 years. Um, they do a lot of good work. They've made, they've raised millions of dollars for various charities. Uh, but of course, Fox leaves all that out and just goes, oh, they're making fun of nuns. So this was Kurt Schilling. That's what he was supposed to be talking about, but he kind of went off the script and then he went right off the rails. Um, I posted this, it went viral, another account picked it up, they gave me credit for it, it went mega viral, got over a million views, but you'll see why, I'm just going to play the clip. But, but it's, it's, it's a sad day, and the problem is, Jesse, you know, if you look at, you know, I love coming on this show, I love talking to you, I love what you've done, what you're doing in your voice, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm tired of listening to Jim Jordan and Matt Getz and Dan Cranshaw and all these people talk. Talk. That's all they're doing. They're talking. We're up against a side and a force that doesn't play by the rules, refuses to play by the rules. Just look no further than the unconstitutional legal thing going with former President Trump. Um, and we're not doing anything about it. We're talking about it and we get excited and we get emotional. Uh, that's it. They break the law. They do the things they need to do to ensure their agenda is driven forward. And we're watching them gut our nation from the inside out. And I don't know where the rubber is going to meet the road because, you know, talk, it's true sacrifice. You know, you look at the guys that the young men that signed the Constitution and, 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 and all the things that they sacrificed everything to, to, to come out from under a tyrannical government. And then 
eventually at some point there was a man at Concord who decided he was going to pull the trigger. And, and I feel like we're getting back to a point where somebody's going to have to pull a trigger because everything we hold dear, everything this country was founded on is being just dragged through the mud and mocked and made fun of. This country was founded on godly principles. No matter how offensive that is to the left, it's true. Well, I'm going to um, assume that and, you and we mean were at, pull the trigger metaphorically. Absolutely. Well, no, I mean, it doesn't matter if I say metaphorically because they're going to run with that quote no matter how I put it. I could have phrased it in any possible way saying stand up and fight and blah, blah, blah. And I would be inciting a riot while Maxine Waters says, you know, get in their face. And no, beat I understand. And I've said this to Jim yeah, Jordan. Yeah. I've said this to these right. congressmen. You know, they throw a subpoena around. They fire off a really bold letter. Gotcha. Republicans need to go on the war path. And that means they got to use every tool necessary. They got to do what's being done to them. Because that's the only way this is going to stop. Now, this clip was actually really visual, and I'm going to have to walk you through. I didn't want to break it up. I wanted to just let it play because I think it's stronger if I let it play. But I'll just tell you what happened. So when Kurt Schilling said um, it's time someone's going to have to pull the trigger after he evoked the Founding Fathers, it was very clear there was a sense of panic on Jesse Waters' face. It was subtle, but I saw it. I saw it. Others saw it. Jesse Waters then looks down. I don't know if someone shoved something in, like a piece of paper. I don't know if somebody was talking to him in his ear. I don't know what was going on. But he looks back up, very clearly, uh, a box on the left-hand side of the screen that said live, popped up out of nowhere, hadn't been there before. All of a sudden, we now know it's live, meaning the producers cannot stop what's coming out of Kurt Schilling's mouth. And then Jesse Waters interrupts with, you mean metaphorically. Right. <laughs> then Kurt Schilling says, yes, I mean, no, who cares? And then doubles down. And then Jesse Waters doubles down with we need all tools that we have available to us. We should go in the war path. And I'm just going, I don't even know what the hell just happened. Now, I put that on Twitter and a lot of people pointed to Twitter and they said, how is that legal? Isn't that inciting violence? Shouldn't someone get arrested? Sadly, no. Uh, in the United States, inciting violence is the equivalent of yelling fire in a crowded theater. It's incredibly rare when somebody actually gets arrested for this. It basically, the threat has to be immediate and specific. So if you're on a soapbox in, you know, a park and you're yelling and you're ranting and you say, you know, we need to kill all these people that don't agree with me. We need to kill all Democrats, yada, yada. That's legal. But if you said... Hey, that guy over there by the swings, go get him. And you incited a crowd to run and go hurt that person. That would be illegal. Then the cops could come and cuff and stuff you. And, and cuff and stuff is a term I picked up from my sister. It's cuff, hands, stuff in a car. Cuff and stuff. Um, it's a lawyer thing. My sister's a criminal defense attorney. Anyway, so uh, that's inciting violence. So what Kurt said is not illegal. Kurt is allowed to say that, but we all know anybody with a brain that works knows that that's incredibly dangerous language because all it takes is one unhinged person watching that program to think, yeah, Kurt's right. It's just going to take one person to pull a trigger and I got 30 guns in my basement. Oh my goodness. You know, anybody who thought that Fox would tone it down after Dominion and firing Tucker Carlson, well, I guess we've just proved that they wouldn't. So uh, the next clip is who's the groomer, Kirk Cameron, 
or a drag queen. Now, this is also from Primetime with Jesse Waters. And this was Kirk Cameron talking about his latest uh, children's book. And again, I'll just let the clip speak for itself. What does that mean, pride comes before the fall? This is actually quoting a scripture verse, pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's better to be humble with the lowly than to share plunder with the proud. Kids need to understand that pride is the pregnant mother that gives birth to all forms of evil because it's about myself and about me. Humility is about others and that's where their blessing is. So let me just repeat the line, which is what caused me to clip that. He said, pride is the pregnant mother that gives birth to all forms of evil. Okay. This is a staunchly anti-abortion advocate who just said pride is the pregnant mother that gives birth to all forms of evil. Okay. So basically women, again, thank you so much for that, Kirk Cameron, are spewing out evil all over the world. Okay. That's great. And that's a children's book. For little kids. He honestly thinks that that's something you should say to little kids. But a drag queen named, you know, like, you know, Fancy Pants is evil and a groomer. That's ridiculous. Okay, so this next one is from Fox News Tonight, hosted by Brian Kilmeade. This is Victor Davis Hanson. They were talking about the LGBTQ community. They were talking about trans people. And it somehow got warped into all that is considered woke. It is. I think people in the last couple of years, Brian, they, they're live and let live. And so they thought, well, if somebody wants to fly the pride sure. flag, fine. If they're going to be a little lenient here in San Francisco, fine. But now they're starting to see it's existential. It's, it's civilizational. If you can't go to a park without stepping on feces or a syringe, or you're a hardworking small business person and you can't stop a shoplifter, or you're in a plane and you don't know whether the pilot was selected on the basis a meritocracy. This is a whole new dimension. And I think almost collectively people are saying it's not enough to turn off the Oscars or not watch the NBA anymore or, you know, don't don't go to the first run movies in a theater. You can't. That has to be more than that, because if we don't strike back, if we don't push back, these people are nihilist, anarchist, and they're going to destroy the very basis of our civilization. You know, I call that a tad just a tad histrionic there. Just a little melodramatic, uh, Victor Davis Hanson. I don't know what gay people or trans people have to do with robbing stores and feces on the street and syringes. And I, I don't, where, where are we going with that? And then nihilism? Okay, we're going to lots of places. Nihilism from a group that has a rainbow as its you know, sort of theme. Okay, a rainbow is a nihilist. That, that I'm really searching for where we're going with this. But um, Victor Davis Hanson says stuff like that all the time. He says, we're in a revolution we didn't even know that started. He calls everybody a Marxist. It's always this doom or gloom over the top. He What cracks me up about Victor Davis Hanson, because they use him all the time as a guest, is he always talks in that same slow kind of methodical, kind of, I'm just talking, I'm Victor Davis Hanson. And they try to couch him, again, as a everyman, salt of the earth. He has a PhD in the classics. So I don't know who, you know, your average Joe has a PhD in the classics, but that's Victor Davis Hanson. It's like a dumb hobby I have that I started when I was working on my capstone is to look up the educational background 
of people on Fox News because it's often very surprising. Like they don't have a degree at all or they have, <laughs> they go the other direction where you're like, are you kidding me? And they're like, I'm just, you know, just an average person just talking to you about things. And I have a PhD in the classics. You know, I don't even know what that would entail. That would be a lot of reading. Okay, so um, this next one was an MMA fighter from the U UFC. I don't know anything about the UFC. I I've seen MMA fighting. It's pretty brutal. And this is a man named uh, Conor McGregor. A woman has accused him of raping her. This just happened. And Fox News thought it was appropriate to discuss the case, even though very little has even been released about it. There's a tiny section of video that they discuss in this clip. Uh, a woman named Francie Hakes, who's been a regular on Fox, she's a former federal prosecutor, came on to talk about it. And this clip could be played in any number of classes of how to victim blame uh, and how not to describe a rape, alleged rape victim. And just very briefly, and I know it frustrates a lot of people, but the reason why uh, members of the press and journalists, legitimate journalists, do not call people rapists until they're convicted, do not call victims victims until they call them alleged victims until there is a conviction. It should be common sense. You don't want the press convicting anyone, even in, in situations where it's insanely obvious that there was a murderer. The person says, I murdered the person. There's evidence. You still have to say alleged until the person has due process. If I chose not to do that, I would look horribly unprofessional and it'd be worse than Fox. Honestly, I would be. We, I cannot do that. We should not be doing that. Everybody is alleged. Everybody is accused until they are actually convicted. We, can't, we cannot go there. And I don't know enough about this case, but the way these two handle it is terrible. I'll just say that. I don't, I'm not saying that this woman is telling the truth or that McGregor was innocent or guilty, but this is a terrible example of how to treat someone who's accusing another person of rape. McGregor could be in a little bit of trouble in the sense that this is not the first time there have been sexual assault allegations against him. However, he's never been convicted of anything. So I did a little bit of research and McGregor has actually been accused of raping multiple women. Two women in Ireland claimed he raped them in 2018 and one woman in Corsica accused him of attempted sexual assault and indecent exposure in 2020. For various reasons, the accusations never led to any criminal indictments. Now, she's going to continue. And I want to be clear that at this point, it is, again, only allegations. And it doesn't look good for her that she's changed her story or that we've learned her story is not quite what she first made it out to be, because I did watch the videotape, Brian, and it looked very clearly to me like she went into that bathroom with him voluntarily. Now, there are really not that many good explanations for why someone would voluntarily go into a men's VIP bathroom with Conor McGregor uh, in the middle of a Miami Heat game. I don't know what she was doing. It sounds like she was at minimum impaired. Right. But I think we're going to have to hear from eyewitnesses on the scene before we know the real story. Just drilling down just a little bit, she said she's had at least six drinks, and she said she thought she was going back to the Four Seasons Hotel with him. What does that do for the allegations? Kilmeade brought up a point that is typically used to blame victims of sexual assault, that she was somehow responsible for a man attacking her because she'd consumed alcohol. Of course, McGregor would also be responsible for his actions. The amount of alcohol or drugs he consumed 
that evening was never even mentioned. He would also be responsible for his own actions. It just doesn't occur to either one of these two. So Hakes, again, the former prosecutor, continues. Well, it makes it a little harder to accept that this was a sexual assault case because it seems like she was very interested in Mr. McGregor, at least from her own words. She thought she was going back to his hotel and she was drinking heavily. And she does appear to have gone in that bathroom voluntarily. Now, all this is not to say that she has not been sexually assaulted. I'm True. not saying Absolutely. that. Not we saying just that. don't know. But it doesn't look good for her to be drinking that heavily and to make decisions like going back to a hotel with someone who appears to be a complete stranger to her and has a reputation for violence. Again, all the responsibility is put on the alleged victim. The woman in this case would have had to have known McGregor was violent and should have avoided drinking alcohol. The amount of alcohol she consumed is not relevant. Being intoxicated is not consent to have sex with anyone. McGregor is also an adult who might have made a choice that having sex with a stranger in a bathroom could lead to another accusation of sexual assault. I'm laughing, but it's just so obvious. If you have been accused of sexually assaulting women in the past, women you did not know very well, probably not a great idea to, you know, have sex with a complete stranger in the bathroom at an arena. And I'd also like to add that even if the woman had agreed to go back to a hotel room with McGregor, that is not an indication of consent that she wanted to have sex with him in the hotel room or the VIP bathroom. Where are we getting that? What year is this? 2023 saying, yeah, I'll go to a hotel room doesn't necessarily mean, yes, I'll have sex with you. That's just not how the law works. So neither Hakes or Kilmeade have any idea what transpired between McGregor and the woman, except for Brief clip of blurry video where they both appear to walk into a private bathroom together. Kilmeade seemed more concerned about McGregor. Yeah, in fact, uh, his job uh, is to uh, inflict violence and win against other skilled fighters. He also beat up a mascot, sent him to the hospital. Not a great day for McGregor. And Hicks continues to criticize McGregor's accuser. No, it's not a great day. And that's another thing about the story that's interesting, Brian. She talks about having gotten away from him in the bathroom by elbowing him a few times. And I do not mean to demean her or her story, but he is an MMA fighter, one of the baddest men on the planet. I find it very difficult to believe that if he was hell-bent on doing something uh, right. illegal, then her elbows would not have stopped him. Exactly. So by that woman's logic... Pretty much anyone, any woman uh, who came within, you know, a few feet of Conor McGregor should be worried that he could rape them because he's a strong man and they can't defend themselves. So let's recap. Okay, the way the law works is you say, I don't want to have sex with you, or you push somebody away and say, no, I don't want to have sex with you. They, they shouldn't be forced to have, you shouldn't be forced to have sex with that person. Okay, that's as simple as the whole rape charge gets. It doesn't matter if you've had one drink. It doesn't matter if you've had six drinks. It doesn't matter if you're passed out. It doesn't matter. If you say, no, I don't have sex with you, that person's not allowed to have sex with you under the law. If you're passed out and you can't consent, they're not allowed to have sex with you. It doesn't matter if you say, yes, I'll go into that VIP bathroom with you, or yes, maybe I'll go to your hotel room later. That does not give that person consent. It doesn't give the person consent 
if they are bigger than you or stronger than you and that you know they are bigger than you and you know they are stronger than you? Absolutely not. What kind of madness is this that that woman was a former federal prosecutor? It's absolutely disturbing. And that she's a woman and she thinks that little of another woman. Like, I don't know what happened. Maybe this woman is making it up and she's not a victim and she's just trying to get money out of him. I don't know. That's what he's claiming. I have no idea. I was not there. I did not see it. I did not see enough evidence. I saw this brief clip and watched this horrible exchange on Fox News. However, I do know that it doesn't matter how much alcohol you drink. And I do know it doesn't matter if you agree to go to a hotel room later. And I do know it doesn't matter what you wear or the size of the attacker or anything like that. Absolutely none of that matters. If it's you say no and the person forces themselves on you, that's sexual assault. Why on earth are we even having this conversation in 2023? It is absolutely maddening. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that one, that one got me very, 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 very mad. Now we have a lighter. <laughs> We're going to shift gears onto one of my favorites, Steve Doocy. I'm Steve Doocy and I like to play Yahtzee and talk on a rotary phone and get out an actual newspaper. And maybe talk about the newspaper and do the crossword puzzles with my wife. Who and I, we like to cook together. Steve Ducey cracks me up. Steve Ducey, this is another one, another great example of Steve Ducey goes rogue. People keep asking me, does he do this intentionally? Does Fox News tell him to do this? I don't know. I don't think it matters. Steve Ducey goes rogue and everybody loves it when I clip it. So this is Steve Ducey not sticking to the script. And questioning this goofy, uh, I'll explain it after he talks about it, this goofy Biden bribery scandal non-scandal. Oh, okay, where's the money? That's malarkey. Well, now they're going after the money. So the House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed four different banks, Bank of America, um, HSBC, Cathay, and uh, Citi, uh, J.P. Morgan. Uh, and so they're getting all these things. And he told Fox that apparently it could go up as high as... Uh, nine different members of the Biden family. According to people who've, who know about this, apparently Joe Biden is not, not on the list of uh, somebody who has gotten any money. Also, if it is $30 million, it will be interesting to see what the source was. You know, did, were any laws broken? Uh, and we've asked Mr. Comer that, and he said, well, at this point, he cannot tell us what specific laws, and that's why they're looking into this stuff. Steve Hilton was on uh, the channel a little while ago talking to your point, Ainsley, about how we're talking about this story that is out there, that people are talking about, but why isn't anybody else? So I'll break down this ridiculous story. So there was a document of sorts that Representative James Comer, who's the head of the House Oversight Committee that's looking into Hunter Biden, found out about it, and he fought and fought and fought with the FBI to look at it, and even though it wasn't classified because it contained a confidential source, they said, we're not going to give it to you. There was a big battle over it. And they finally said, OK, you guys, only the people in this congressional committee can look at it. And you've got to look at it in a skiff. And we're basically going to stand next to you as you look at it. And then you can't take a picture of it. You can't do anything. And then you got to go. OK, so they let them do that. And on this document, it basically said that. President Biden and Hunter Biden both took bribes in order to change a policy that would be beneficial to uh, the company that Hunter Biden was working for at the time. And they both got $5 million each. And then there's supposedly some 
audio tapes of phone calls that occurred between Hunter Biden and even some with Joe Biden. But of course, there's no evidence to prove any of this. There's no, that's it. That's the only thing they had. And the FBI, for whatever reason, never looked into this. Now, the informant they've worked with before, but the source, James Comey always leaves this, uh, Comer always leaves this out. The source is some oligarch who they've had no contact with for three years. So when oligarch, and those guys are really reliable, um, <laughs> said something to the informant, who's the person that uh, the United States government apparently trusts. So it wasn't the informant that came up with this information. He got it from a third, third party. So there is no evidence. There's nothing to verify this on. And absolutely no one at Fox has seen this document. Not a single soul, because the only people who did were people of this congressional committee who then came out and start talking about it. One of these people is Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that's the reliability factor here of can we take this seriously? At this point, we cannot. So I'm just going to play a very brief clip from PBS and they sort of explain why they haven't done much of anything with this. Now, this is something that's going on separately in the House where um, some House lawmakers were able to see an FBI report that accuses the Biden family of some bribery. It is unsubstantiated. There was not an investigation, but the Republicans are raising that as an example of a double standard. We know that the FBI is also investigating Biden in terms of documents, but that, that's ongoing right now. So, so that was Lisa Desjardins of PBS, very briefly uh, and succinctly explaining, we can't, this is all unsubstantiated. We don't have any evidence, so that's it. But we know that the FBI is already looking into F, uh, Hunter Biden and will continue to look into Hunter Biden. Ta-da, that's it. Um, of course, again, let me reiterate, nobody from Fox News has seen this document, absolutely not a soul. And no one who was not a member of the House Oversight Committee has seen the document. So I've seen senators talk about it. They've never seen it. I've seen other government officials talk about it with acting like they know what they're talking about. They've never seen it. The only people who've seen it either work for the FBI or were members of the House Oversight Committee. And that includes Marjorie Taylor Greene, probably one of the craziest people who's ever been elected to Congress. And she's talked about it. So give put that into perspective. Like, do, do you believe anything that woman says? Um, so until they find the actual source, they find these actual tapes or actual evidence, this is just a story there's probably very good reason why the FBI didn't look into it, and they don't want to reveal the informant, and that's why they did it this way. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to just insist that this is complete evidence that the government has Joe Biden and has Hunter Biden and proof of a bribery scheme and the walls are caving in. Okay, the walls are caving in and President Trump will rise from the ashes as you try to arrest him, put him in prison when it should be Biden and his his son, Hunter. And, oh, hello, Odin. Don't rub up against the computer. You're going to mess it up. That's my cat. Odin just jumped up and he's like, hey, you talking loud, lady. I'm going to rub up against the computer. Odin is my beat poet. He's a very sensitive soul. I, I'm telling, I can't describe this cat. He's an emotional mush. And I haven't been paying enough attention to him, so he's like, hey, come on, lady. Come on, lady. Who's that big black cat you own? Okay, so next up, this one. Whew. I include half this segment. I don't include the full one because there's nothing. It just, this made me too mad. 
Now, I wasn't the only one that noticed this. Um, Kat over at Media Matters also noticed this. Uh, there's a new term that they're trying to push on Fox, which is Trantifa, which is trans uh, attached to Antifa. And they made a new word called Trantifa. And I'm calling it a completely made-up terrorist movement. On Wednesday on Fox News Tonight, Brian Kilmeade warned his viewers of a new leftist terrorist threat, Trantifa. What could this be? A roving gang of anti-fascist drag queens? Trans activists dressed in black black? Was it an Antifa group? who had a trans mascot. Now this is something from the demented mind of Andy Neo. Who's Andy Neo? He is a propagandist who I could, I could spend 20 minutes on this idiot. I said idiot. He's a propagandist and a fabricator, so he makes stuff up. Uh, he, he is of Asian descent and he speaks with a British accent. Andy Neo sorted his voice like this, sort of. British, but not British, because he doesn't really know how to do a British accent, so it's this affected kind of every sort of word is sort of British, but not really, because he's from California, and it's a fake accent that he has a sort of lilting way, the way he speaks, lilting. And so they had him on, Brian Kilmeade had him on. And Andy Neo, I'm not going to play it because I refuse to play it, but Andy Neo went on Fox News and just sort of described his version of Trantifa. And he said it was, you know, people hurting women and these vicious, you know, radical trans activists. And he just talked for, you know, a couple of minutes. He had no video. He had no photographs. He had no symbols that meant Trantifa. He had no eyewitness accounts. This is a, supposed to be a journalist who's, you know, supposedly out in the field doing his thing. And Brian Kilmeade had no questions. He just accepted it completely. Yes, that's Trantifa. And I thought this is absolutely ridiculous. I'd love to go on a show, just make up a group, provide no evidence that this group exists, and then just get patted on the head and be like, yes, I'm Andy Neo, Andy Neo. I'm British, but I'm not British because I'm from California. And I'm just this meek journalist who is a grifter. He asks for money for injuries that don't exist. It's happened. It's happened. He's got a bunch of grifts. He asks for money all the time, all the time about various things. Andy Neo, that's my Andy Neo impression. If you know him, you know that's kind of what I'm doing, kind of what I'm doing. Okay, so this is Brian Kilmeade. This. They think of Antifa and Black Lives Matter in many cases, but according to experts, there's a new movement. The movement's emerging, evolving radical transgender activists. They're reportedly growing increasingly violent. So, of course, the expert he's referring to there is Andy Neo, who offered no evidence whatsoever. Just his word. Just his word. That's all you need. Just talk about things. Okay, so we're now on to stories Fox News ignored. Every week, I compare Fox News to five hours of the PBS News Hour. The following are stories PBS covered that Fox did not. Now, we've got a lot of depressing stories this week. Just brace yourself. I probably shouldn't say that before I read this super long list of stories, but there's some bleak ones. So the Ukrainian military began a counteroffensive in an attempt to drive Russia out of occupied territory last week. The U.S. and Iran have discussed a possible prisoner exchange. The deal would include freeing up $7 billion in South Korean banks currently blocked by U.S. sanctions. Sixteen young plaintiffs have sued the state of Montana, saying elected officials have ignored scientific evidence that shows the dangers of climate change while promoting fossil fuels. Montana is the fifth largest coal producer in the country. 
the U.S. will rejoin UNESCO, United States Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. The U.S. left the agency after the organization agreed to allow Palestine to join as a separate country from Israel. By joining UNESCO, the U.S. agrees to pay $600 million in back dues. The move is seen as a way to counter China's influence. PBS included a short segment about the various winners of the Tony Awards. This year included the first acting awards for non-binary performers and prizes for two shows about anti-Semitism. PBS produced a comprehensive segment about gender-affirming care for minors, which included medical professionals who support treating children and critics who are against it. The piece included a profile of a family in Texas with a 12-year-old trans daughter who will face obstacles once laws banning care for minors are put in place. The Consumer Price Index, CPI, rose 4% in year-over-year in May, which was below the 4.9% in April and below the 4.1% economists were expecting. Inflation has been steadily falling for the past 12 months. Core inflation remains higher at 5.3%. A tropical cyclone, Bipur Joy, caused flooding and power outages in Pakistan and India. More than 100,000 people were evacuated in anticipation of the storm. Reddit will start charging fees for third-party apps. Thousands of subreddits chose to go dark in protest of the changes. A crowded boat with over 700 migrant passengers sank off the coast of Greece. 81 have been confirmed dead with hundreds more missing. Even though the boat was filled with women and children, only 104 men survived the shipwreck. Dozens of people remain missing after a boat carrying wedding guests capsized in northern Nigeria, killing over 100, including women and children. At least 144 people were rescued and recovery efforts continued. The European Parliament voted on the world's first comprehensive set of rules for artificial intelligence last week. European Union regulators issued a preliminary finding that Google must sell off parts of its advertising business as part of an antitrust complaint. President Biden vetoed a bill that would have rolled back new regulations on truck pollution. A jury ruled that the utility company Pacific Core must pay punitive damages for its role in the Labor Day fires of 2020. The payouts could be in the billions of dollars. PBS included a segment about Biden's proposed student loan forgiveness plan and the impact it will have on borrowers if the Supreme Court rules against it. The civil war in Sudan continues to escalate and spread to neighboring West Darfur, a small country the size of Spain with a sad history of conflict. North Korea fired two ballistic missiles in the Sea of Japan. The U.S., South Korea, and Japan released a statement condemning the action, saying North Korea's unlawful weapons of mass destruction and ballistic missile programs pose a threat to the region. An investigation by British lawmakers found that Boris Johnson lied about parties he threw during COVID-19 lockdowns while serving as prime minister. After the report was issued, Johnson resigned from the House of Commons. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported suicides and homicides spiked among American teenagers and young adults during the pandemic. A tentative agreement between union dock workers and management has been reached a new six-year contract, ending 13 months of talks. The Southern Baptist Convention, the country's largest Protestant denomination, has moved to ban all women pastors, including the expulsion of two churches for having women pastors. 
NOAA, or the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, recorded the highest temperatures for the world's oceans ever recorded. A Department of Justice investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department found reasonable cause to believe that the MPD engaged in a pattern of practice of conduct that deprived people of their rights under the Constitution and federal laws. The actor, Treat Williams, died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 71. Williams had an extensive career in both film and television. Roger Payne, a biologist, died at the age of 88. Payne was the first researcher to discover how whales communicated with each other through song. The highly decorated Olympic sprinter Tori Bowie died due to pregnancy complications at her home. Her child was stillborn at eight months. Bowie was only 32 years old. Black Americans have a higher risk of dying before and after pregnancy than the general population. The reasons for this disparity are not completely understood, but many believe that systemic racism plays a role. Actress and former member of British Parliament Glenda Jackson died at the age of 87. A prolific actress, she won two Academy Awards, three Emmy Awards, and a Tony Award. Popular author Cormac McCarthy died at the age of 89. McCarthy was best known for his novels Blood Meridian, The Road, and All the Pretty Horses. Donald Triplett, the first person diagnosed with autism, died at the age of 89. Robert Bowers, the man accused of killing 11 people in a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018, was convicted on all 63 federal counts. The attack was the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. So yes, all of those stories, the conflicts going on all over the world, the natural disasters that are probably heightened by climate change, Fox didn't mention any of them. The fact that the oceans are hotter than they've ever been, Fox never mentioned it. There were a couple deaths that Fox did mention. There was a couple things that Fox did mention, but it was really bad this week. It was just one story after the other that Fox just completely ignored, which is terrible for its audience. So next up, we have, by the numbers, the top five categories for Fox last week were Trump arraignment, 20%, Hunter Biden bribery story that doesn't really make sense, 8%, anti-LGBTQ, uh, 6%, Obama spoke on a podcast, 3%, Gavin Newsom, 3%. I call that story Hunter Biden Biden bribery. I, it's a It's a mouthful. Because it's sort of just an extension of the Hunter Biden story. I might be the only idiot that calls it that, but I call it that. I just called myself an idiot and Andy Neo. Now we're one. Me and Andy Neo, one in the same. I'm kidding. Okay, PBS NewsHour top five topics was Trump arraignment, 17%. So kind of similar. Artist profile, which is a standard. They do that every single week. Ukraine war, which is a very important story, 6%. Gender affirming care, Texas laws banning it, 5%. And Francis Suarez running for president. Uh, Fox also included uh, Francis Suarez, but they just didn't dedicate a lot of time to him. So the words used on Fox for the week ending June 18, 2023. Biden, 457 times. I don't know if that's a record yet, but that's pretty high. Trump, 383. So this was the week he gets arraigned, and Biden was mentioned that more often. China, Chinese, 120 trans 116 hunter 76 obama okay so barack obama was mentioned 70 times last week nutty um bribe just the word bribe 61 times crime 58 hillary clinton because she's incredibly relevant right now 
51 times, border 31, gay, just the word gay, 31, woke 21, drag queen 10, LGBTQ 8, inflation 7, uh, Fetterman four times, pedophile twice, sock drawer once, and AOC once. AOC is hanging on, hanging on. Fetterman might overcome, might overtake her in the... Um, Needless uh, references to a Democrat. So this week I'll be doing my usual Fox and Friends, The Five, Hannity, and Fox News Tonight. My plan has been to stay with Fox News Tonight until they get a permanent host. Because I kind of want to see what they would do, but now they're starting to recycle hosts. So I don't know if I'll keep doing this because it's, it's extra work. It's five hours extra work of Fox every single week that I have to watch and I'm just getting exhausted by it. It also was bad that we had two Trump craziness in two weeks in a row. That's exhausting. That man is exhausting. He just sucks the room out of everything and crushes it. If you follow me on Twitter, too, you know that I had an ovarian cyst burst. That's why one of the files got loaded incorrectly, and I had to fix that, if you notice that. And then on Sunday, I'll reveal this to you, I scratched my cornea again. I keep doing this. I have extremely dry eyes, and I'm in denial that my eyes are this bad. And um, when I scratch my cornea, I lose a day because you basically go blind for a day. Although this time I mitigated it once I realized I had a problem and it, I healed quicker. So that was that was surprising and helpful. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. I have chronic dry eye and it's just getting worse and worse as I get older. You know, hey, it's older dead. Older dead and I'll take old. That's how I look at it. So um, again, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to become a paid uh, supporter, you can go to my Substack. You can go to my Patreon. I thank you tremendously if you are one of my uh, paid subscribers or, or Patreons because you mean the world to me. If we can make this project independent and supported by viewers and listeners. I don't, viewers, who views me? There's no viewing. Listeners and readers. <laughs> I'm just so used to other people saying viewers. If we could make this supported by listeners and readers, um, I can be free to do whatever I want, say whatever I want, report on what you want, make fun of Brian Kilmeade, make fun of Judge Janine, and no corporation can stop me. And isn't that beautiful? And I'd love for somebody to call me corporate media when I'm completely supported by people who support the project, that would be amazing. Go ahead, call me corporate media, you schmuck. Now, I'll just reveal to you, if you, it, schmuck, it's Yiddish. If you live in New York for any length of time, you're gonna pick up some Yiddish. My favorite, I'll just tell you this very briefly before I end it, is once I said in front of my friend who's a teacher of Yiddish, I said that's Drek, having no idea, I just said something in Yiddish, she fell over laughing. Cause she said, where did you pick that the word Drek up. And I said, I don't know, probably from a Bugs Bunny cartoon because a lot of the writers of those old cartoons were vaudevillians and a lot of them were Jewish. And there you go. Bam! Meshugana! I've lived in New York a long time. Anyway, thank you so much. I love Jewish culture too. Thank you so much for listening. My cats Odin and Thor also send their love. I will see you at the next podcast. As always, I'm exhausted. Thanks so much. 